Welcome to Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host, as always, is Joe Taylor. This is episode 29. Joe, how you feeling today, bud? I'm a little under the weather. I can tell. Which I think helps my broadcasting voice. Yeah, you should be sick all the time. It's I'm a trying, major improvement. I try as much as hard as I can. Demo, the critics have spoken. Have they? Mm-hmm. Not just us. I came across this week... The first actual review from a legitimate publication of uh, our film, 818. Really? Yeah. And it actually came out uh, a couple months ago before the film was even on Amazon. But I'd like to read it to you. May I? I think you're going to whether I want to or not. Yeah. 818 Indie Film Review. Now, this is from uh, Movie Reviews UK. So they're British. So take this with a grain of. Uh, I love the Brits. I love Benny Hill. Come on. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is by Chris Buick. Indie film 818 chronicles the lives and stories of a group of individuals living in different neighborhoods within the 818 area code of Los Angeles, all of whom are seemingly disconnected but find themselves slowly but surely brought together through a series of unique events. So far, pretty good summary of the film. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah. That's what we were going for. Continuing on. Please. There is Mike Bucket, a producer on a terrible television show, stuck in a loveless marriage with a wife who hates his last name. (laughs) It's a terrible name. Who wrote that, by the way? Who came up with Mike Bucket? Who do you think? Okay, I know who. Chris Garrett. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's Joe, who works as a therapist, seeing several patients, including Mike and his wife, Amy and has become completely cynical of the exploitative talent industry that surrounds Los Angeles. Olive works several day jobs and then demeans herself as an escort at night just to make ends meet. Paul, that's you. That's me. Is a very talented writer, but is stuck writing inane articles for a blog, just fishing for advertising money. And finally, Thorne and Jones, who are ex-zookeepers, trying their hand at being private investigators, poorly, in order to support their families. Let me stop for a second. They figured out the whole plot. It all made sense to them. That's kind of all I need to know as a filmmaker, that they understood what was happening. I'm in this movie, and some of the stuff I don't understand. So congratulations to this guy. Yeah, he must have watched it 25 times. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Onward. There really is a lot to like about this film, which is an impressive collaborative effort from a core group who not only act, but also have hands in the writing, production, and directing of this film. The script, for the most part, weaves a great tapestry throughout of humor, although never hilarious. Mm-hmm. I know that's the one part of the review I remember. I'm like, never hilarious? <laughs> Come fine. on. That's fine. Tinged with sadness as the worlds of these characters begin to intertwine. The film is also very well paced, giving each person and their individual story room to develop before drawing them all together and moving up the gears before the film's climax. This I'm is so, my the, favorite the, the part. The film has a climax already. That's already a good review. I'm like, there's a climax to this movie? Yeah. I can tell you why he thinks it's well-paced is because we cut about 45 minutes of story <laughs> out of it. The dialogue can admittedly be a little bland at times in both writing and delivery, 
And some of the cast are definitely more guilty of this than others. That would be me. No, he's talking about me. Okay. Uh, You're right. He is talking about you. (laughs) The human hat rack, (laughs) Joe Taylor. However, overall, this is a good ensemble who breathe life into each of their characters. This is where the film's strength lies, and it is full of very flawed but well-rounded, believable, and interesting people. You might not like all of them at the start or possibly not even at the end, but you do find yourself able to relate on some level to each of these individuals. Thorne and Jones will probably be the ones you root for as the well-meaning duo that are just trying to do what is best for their family, despite their ineptitude. Whereas Mike's animosity towards his wife colors him all shades of asshole. I sent that quote to Chris. (laughs) Whereas Mike's animosity towards his wife colors him all shades of asshole, but ultimately you understand it comes from a place of pain. (laughs) That's probably my favorite part of the... Uh, Like many other films have done before it, 818 looks behind the glossy face of Los Angeles where everyone is trying to make it and be somebody and exposes its dirtier side. And here's the final paragraph. Often sad and even more often funny, 818 is a cynical and satirical look at the mythos behind the City of Angels and the American dream as a whole and a great indie gem. Amazing. What did we pay this guy? We didn't pay him anything. Bitcoin? What did we use here? No, I keep. I know I keep hitting the mic, but I'm honestly reacting to this. is very made me very proud. Yeah, it's great. Of it's all, a great review. It's awesome. Congratulations. Now put that away and let's okay. focus on what listeners care about. Yeah, <laughs> streaming shows. Oh, by reviews. the way, eight one eight is streaming. It's on Amazon. Please rent it and uh, support us. Yes, please. We need the money badly. I have to report that uh, I was back east and a bunch of my friends had watched it and they all liked it. Great. Let's move okay. on. Big news coming out of the streaming world right now. The onslaught of streaming services is upon us. Mm-hmm. As of this weekend, Apple TV Plus debuted. Now I'm going to break down for you very quickly all the streaming services that are coming our way in the next few months. So like I said, as on November 1st, Apple TV debuted. It's $4.99 a month or free for a year if you just bought a new Apple device. So if you spent like... How recently? I think September. Like oh, if you bought like okay. an iPhone 11 for like $1,200, congratulations, you get Apple TV for a year. Yeah, it's a real exciting thing to have because you can watch on Apple TV Plus right now nine shows. Originals? Yes. No. Yes, they're all originals. They have no library. When did the originals come out? Because they weren't out a week ago because I called you to ask you. They came out yesterday. They all came nine... out on November 1st. All There's nine shows you can watch right now. That came out yesterday. Yes. Okay, including Morning Show, which looks amazing with Steve Carell. Which is getting so-so reviews. As okay. well as C with Jason Momoa. That's getting so-so reviews. They've got all this high-caliber star power, and so far the reviews are meh. Now, in the coming weeks, they're going to have five more shows for a total of 14 things to watch. Here's the thing. I don't think you and I are going to review any of this right now because I don't see myself paying for this. Are you going to pay for this? Yeah, just for that Steve Carell morning show thing, I will. Really? Yeah. Well, then you got to give me the password. That's fine. All right? Okay. I, so, we're, we, so you're saying we are going to review these things? Well, I'm definitely going to watch that show. Yeah, I can't remember who else is in it right off the top of my head. Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, there's more too. Well, those are the big ones. It looks great. I can't wait for it. I'll pay 4.99. I paid 9.99 to watch Cobra Kai and then canceled it. 
All right, well, cool. Hey, then send it my way. And then in the meantime, I'll give you my password for what I definitely am going to be getting, which is coming out November 12th, Disney Plus, the juggernaut. Mm-hmm. With like the gigantic library of stuff to choose from. I am morally obligated to get this because it has all that Star Wars content. Now, if people don't know how the industry is consolidated in the last few years, Disney owns ABC, ESPN, Fox. What else? Uh, My Soul. Yeah, Demos, but yep. <laughs> pretty much every, everything that Disney has access to is going to be on this thing. Yeah, and they also own Hulu. Oh, no. do they really? Yes. I didn't know Through that. the deal with Fox, they own Hulu, but they're going to keep Hulu a separate thing and keep that focusing on adult fare, which is cool. But anyway, Disney Plus is going to run you $6.99 a month. I got to get it. And we'll okay. definitely be doing reviews for that. I'm not a huge Disney fan, but they have too many. They got the Marvel. They got, you know, Pixar. Oh, that's right. They own all the Marvel stuff. Right. There's a bunch of nerd crap on there that I have to have. And the Mandalorian thing is going to be on. That comes out November 12th. I'm going to definitely be reviewing that. I'm going to review the first two episodes. Uh, I'm not going to wait for the series to finish. I'm going to get right into it. Just going to prematurely review the uh, experience. Oh, yeah. We should have Steve call in. Yes. For that. Steven Jackson, a good friend of ours. He's a a stand-in on the show, The Mandalorian. And in like 30% of the show, because he's in the suit, Mm -hmm. he plays The Mandalorian. And he couldn't yep. care less. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm in the suit. I'm like, what? We're at a party. I'm like, you're you're in the Mandalorian? He goes, oh, yeah. You know. He's not just a stand-in. He's in the show. That's what I'm saying. He's in the, the suit. Stunt he, double or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, anytime they can't get Pablo uh, Pascal, Pedro Pascal, excuse me, to uh, perform, they throw him in the suit. Good for him. And he's, yep. he's a nice guy. He'd be a good interview, too. So let's get him to call in. Sorry, guys, but I'm pretty sure Steven had to sign an NDA, so he can't talk publicly about working on the show. Also coming next year, HBO Max. That is going to be a new streaming service that is $14.99 a month or free, I believe, if you have an HBO subscription. And that's going to launch May of 2020. And that has all the Time Warner content. Because Time Warner owns HBO. And anything that Time Warner owns is going to be on here. Now, people are like, how come Friends is is on here and not on the NBC one? It's because Friends is owned by Warner Brothers, not NBC. Mm-hmm. It's all very confusing. Don't forget, our friends at South Park just signed a deal worth $500 million for exclusive streaming rights on HBO Max. So if you want all your, you want friends, you're going to want to get HBO Max for $14.99 a month, which seems excessive to me, considering I can get Disney for $6.99 and Apple for $4.99. I don't understand. You can already stream HBO. Everything is on demand on HBO. Right. But this is HBO Max, Joe. With the Time Warner stuff. So you're getting all this other stuff. If you haven't seen Friends by now, are you going to pay fourteen ninety nine to well, start that's, watching? Well, that's what they're hoping because people love watching Friends. I was a gigantic Friends fan. I watched every single episode in its original run. I have not watched it since. I don't go back watching repeat episodes of this stuff. But hey, there's a whole audience out there that loves this stuff. They, you know, The Office. They love going back and watching things over and over again. So that's what HBO Max is counting on. They want these big catalogs, these libraries of all these classic shows. Because people still eat them up. I still watch The Office. Like, I put it on in the background. See? When I'm working at home. And that's going to HBO Max. But I wouldn't pay $15 for that experience. I don't that's know. That's going to HBO Max? 
I think. It's either either going to HBO Max or the final new streaming service, which is Peacock. And that's NBC Universal streaming service. They don't have a price for it yet, but that's going to launch in April of 2020. The Office will be streaming on the NBC Universal platform, not HBO Max. So four new streaming services in the next six months. Wow. And one of them... One of them's already out. Yeah. Another one comes out in about a week and a half. And then two more in the spring of next year. Okay. Now, we got to decide what are we going to review? What are we not going to review? They're all eligible. They're all eligible, but it's all about our price point. Now, here's the thing. I have HBO, so I think I can get HBO Max. But, I mean, what am I watching for if I already have HBO? That's what I was asking. Yeah, I know. I don't. Look, anyway, but that's what's going on in the streaming services. It's getting gangbusters out there. It's the Wild West. It is. It's going to implode on itself. Maybe, or maybe cable's going to go away. If you paid for all of this, you're paying for cable. Yeah. Right? For what I paid, you know, I have Spectrum so that I can watch the Dodger games because it's the only place you can watch Dodger games. Right. Uh, I could get decent season tickets probably for what I pay for Spectrum. Yeah. It's outrageous. go to every home game. Now, one last thing before we move on to reviews. I know, like, get to the reviews. Netflix announced this week that they're testing this new feature on their mobile devices. On, not on not on TV, but if you watch Netflix on your phone or a tablet, you can now play it at 1.5 the speed. You can speed everything up. Oh, so if you're like, God. I really want to binge this, but I don't have the time, you can just put it on 1.5 speed and really cruise along. Does it sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks? It does. A little no, bit. No, not, no, not, 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 not that much. But here's the thing. I didn't know this, but it's also already available on the Apple podcast app. Oh, yeah. So right now, our listeners... Can speed us up. Can speed us up yeah. and possibly, finally, make you interesting to listen to. Maybe. Now, I did, now I've This done, could be great for you, Joe. I, yeah, very good. I've used that on the podcast app. It does not speed up the pitch. It speeds up the speed, but it doesn't sound like chipmunks. Okay. You know, one thing, speaking of Netflix, that's been bothering me lately, another new thing they did... You cannot scroll through Netflix anymore because if you rest on something, it starts playing a preview. Yeah, I know. that's, But that's been the way for a while. Well. I mean, the whole thing is like you turn on Netflix and it's a race to just get through a scroll without something starting blasting out of the speakers. Yeah. Now, I noticed it a little more recently than you, but I don't like that one bit. No, I can't stand it. Auto The autoplay. It's awful. I yeah. hate it. If I want to check out something, let me click on it and go, okay, I'm interested. You know when it changed? Because I used to have the Amazon Fire Stick, mm-hmm. and it didn't do that. Now I have the smart TV, and it does that. Wouldn't you want one regular interface for Netflix across all platforms? It's not. It's not, which is stupid. I don't know. This stuff is beyond me. All right. You know what? Let's move on. Let's let's get this going here. It's time for a review. <laughs> About 20 minutes 20 into minutes the show. Are, right, we're going to do a review now. Are you ready? Oh, finally. Thanks. I got a good one. I got a good one, Joe. Are you ready? Yeah. It's Dolomite Is My Name, starring Eddie Murphy. It's a Netflix original movie. It was out in theaters for a couple weeks. Now it's streaming. It's one hour, 57 minutes. In addition to Eddie Murphy, it stars Keegan-Michael Key, Mike Epps, Craig Robinson, Titus Burgess, Divine Joy Randolph, and Wesley Snipes. And it is a biopic about Rudy Ray Moore, who was a comic who went on to become like a cult hero with his black exploitation movies of the 1970s. It's a true story. True story. Yeah, yeah it's a biopic. I know what a biopic is, that but. Obviously, some it's people... already a true story. Okay. Okay? 
not obviously to everyone who listens. Our listeners this. are smart people. They should know okay. when I say biopic, it's okay. a it's a story about someone's life. Go on. Anyway, what do you know about Rudy Ray Moore? Nothing. Back in high school, my friends Joe Persici and Scott McCullough, we'd go to Blockbuster Video and try to find the most outrageous stuff we could find to watch. Right? Okay. And we came across one of his movies called The Avenging Disco Godfather. Now, apparently it's changed the title since, and now it's just The Disco Godfather. I don't know why it had Avenging on it, but that's what I remember it as, The Avenging Disco Godfather. If you look it up on IMDb, it's just The Disco Godfather. There was some kind of lawsuit, I'm sure. I'm sure. But on the box, back in 1991, 28 years ago, it said The Avenging Disco Godfather. We're like, oh, we got to watch this. We watched it 28 years ago, and we still quote it to each other. It what do you quote? Give me a quote from the movie. Bitch, you know I know ya. It's a great line. It is. He, say, he says it's this woman. She goes, okay. you don't know me. He goes, bitch, you know I know ya. And then he's got this uh, line that shows up in, I guess, in all his movies. He goes, put your weight on it. Put your weight on it. Okay. It's so quotable. It's hilarious. It's, hilarious. it's great. <laughs> and then like, then like, uh, it's, it deals with all this stuff with like PCP and like he goes to see this doctor and the doctor's talking about all, what all these people are doing on PCP and it's just this one mom, she got whacked out and she killed her kid. She got, the doctor's like, she roasted the child in the oven. And then Rudy Ray Moore's like, how? And why? It's so great. Like, we howled. We watched this so many times in the span of it. We watched it three times in one day. We couldn't get enough of it. So we still quote it. It's great. The Avenging Disco Godfather, that was like his fourth or fifth movie he'd done. The first one he'd done was Dolomite, which is what this movie is about. This movie is so sweet and fun and warm-hearted and uplifting. There's not a mean bone in its body. It's such a positive film. And Eddie Murphy's great in it. Eddie Murphy is, let's face it, Eddie Murphy's a dick in real life. Okay. Okay, every, he's, he's not a great guy. He's so charismatic and likable in this. You're, you're, you're like, is this really Eddie Murphy? I mean, he goes the distance in giving just an A-plus performance. Also, another standout is a woman I'd never seen in anything before that I thought was great, and that's Divine Joy Randolph. I thought she was fantastic. This is a major binge for me. I looked on uh, Tomatoes, it is a 97% with the critics and a 91 with the audience. Mm-hmm. So it's doing great. I know you saw it, and I'm sure you're going to say, no, I don't care. If you, if you want a fun movie that sheds a light on black exploitation films of the 70s, Dolomite Is My Name is a great watch. This is episode 29. We've done you know four to six reviews per episode. I've never disagreed with you more. I thought this thing was terrible. I thought it was unwatchable. The quotes that you just gave, that's perfect. That's how the movie is. You're right on. I, I just didn't get it. I sat there. I didn't laugh one time. I was like, what is this? This is so bad. Are you kidding me? I, I thought you would have liked this. It was all about like hated making it. a low-budget indie film, which is what you just did. I thought you could relate to it. No. No? Well, well okay, sure. Story-wise, it was interesting, but it wasn't funny. When I watch Eddie Murphy, I'm like, what did he just say? Okay, did you listen to what I said, though? Did I say it was funny, like a laugh riot? I said, no, it was fun. I said it was warm-hearted and uplifting. I didn't say it was a laugh riot. But it's supposed to be a comedy. And I just picture people laughing their heads off at this thing, and it's like, I don't know, man. I didn't didn't like it. I thought it was obnoxious. Wow. I didn't like it at all. Wow. 
Okay. I'd rather watch a Tyler Perry movie than this. <sighs> Hated it. I don't know what to say to this, man. It just wasn't for me. It took me 10 minutes to get into this. And I was like, 10 minutes in, I'm like, I don't know. And then it just kicked in. And I really, you know, I really responded to it. I watched it late at night. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start it. I started like one in the morning and I ended up watching the whole thing because I really got into it. The director, this is not good for you then because this director, he's going on to make Coming to America too with Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So that's just, probably maybe, not good for you. Maybe it's just Eddie Murphy that I don't like. I just feel like he's so, he's such a cartoon character. I guess. But the person he's playing is kind of a cartoon character. Rudy Ray Moore is like an off the wall kind of guy. I get it. But it just, I mean, I just didn't buy it. I didn't buy any of it. Look, at like I said, I, I'm coming to it from a place of knowing who Rudy Ray Moore was and liking his films. That colors where I'm coming from. Well, this will go down as the most contrasting opinions we've ever had on the show, which is fine. That's fine. We need that. Demo says binge. I say binge. Dolomite okay. is my name. Netflix original movie. Joe is a complete clueless fool. And I'm in the vast minority on this. Yeah, too. you are. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Can I do one now? Please. Okay. Enlighten the- us. <laughs> The Paul Rudd Netflix series that just came out a little over a week ago, Living With Yourself. Uh, I think it's about eight episodes. This is a really unique show. I mean, the the trailer kind of spoils this part, but he gets cloned right. unknowingly. I know. I've not watched this, but I know that. Yeah. And, you know, he's one of the most likable actors of our like time. I mean, if you have a problem with Paul Rudd, I have a problem with you. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Now, let me tell you about uh, episode one, scene one. He pulls up in front of a strip mall massage parlor. I, I saw this clip. Mm-hmm. There's an orchid on the door. Yep. It's called like Lily Orchid Massage Parlor. I know who comes out. Who comes out, Demo? Is it TB12? It is TB12. Doing a crack job at acting once again. Not since his performance in Ted 2 has he been this bad. He's a horrible actor. Well, it's he's a not good thing an actor. He, it's a good thing. thing he's the greatest quarterback of all time because he sucks as an actor. Does anyone give this guy direction? He said they shot it on a green screen like way later than the rest of the show. So it didn't even like logistically it was disjointed. But but here's what I want to ask you about. Did you see him get asked about this scene in the locker room? No. They said, hey, Tom, we saw your scene in the... Uh, Paul Rudd show when you came out of a hand job parlor, isn't that a little bit bad timing based on what happened with Robert Kraft, you know, being indicted for going to this place? And he goes, No, I can't believe you're making that about it had nothing to do. And he just What are you talking about? It's clearly referencing it's, Robert Kraft. That's the whole point of the scene. Oh, not if you ask him. If if you ask him that question, he says you're a jerk. How could you make that connection? It's like, hey, your agent punked you, man, because everybody knows that's what it was about. Or it's the weirdest coincidence of all time. Once again, F. Tom Brady. I stand by it. I hate that man. I despise that man. I don't know. He wasn't that great as an actor. He's but, a terrible but, actor. But his, his interview really was was like comical. It's like, hey, man, you got to. Sounds like gotta, the funniest thing he's ever done. You got you, Someone's got to coach you up on how to answer that question, because even if it wasn't intended to connect. Or laugh it off. Do you know what I mean? Go like, oh, oh yeah, funny coincidence, huh? Right? Something. Something. I don't know. All um, right. Anyway, this show is very unique. Again, Living With Yourself, Netflix original series starring Paul Rudd. There's one thing that bothered me. His wife is played by this Irish woman named Aisling B. Now, she's a great actor, but her 
accent is so overwhelming that it's really distracting. And I get it, like, as a writer, you want every character to have some kind of, like, thing, right? And hers is this unintelligible accent. That took me out of it a little bit because, it, I don't know, it's just hard to root for her. But Paul Rudd is great. The show's great. It's got an 84 uh, from the critics and 85 from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. It's very unique. It's not a long watch. Time out. Your actress that you had a problem with, uh-huh. I've seen her do stand-up several times. She's a oh. stand-up comedian from Ireland, and she's yeah. great. I've seen her three or four times perform at the Super Serious show, Okay, and uh, she's a great comedian. Now, I can't go on her performance, and I guess you had a problem with her accent, but I have seen her live. She's a, a really great comedian. Okay, I believe you, and she's a good actress, too, but the okay. accent is so out of place. I mean, she's been married to this guy and in the country for I don't know how long, but it's like, it's unintelligible. Her act, Does she have a heavy accent when she does stand-up? Yeah, she's Irish. I mean, okay. you know, she's like right from the Blarney Stone. Yeah, well, it was distracting to me. But other than that, uh, the, the show is good. I give it a binge. Great. Eight episodes, but how long is each episode? About half an hour. Oh, okay. It's a short watch. It's yeah, good. That's doable. You, sure. you almost have to watch them all in a row, though, because uh, there's cliffhangers every at the end of every episode. Okay. So it's good writing. It's, I mean, it's great. Binge. Okay. Binge. And that's, uh, once again, what's it called? Living With Yourself, Netflix original series starring Paul Rudd. Awesome. All right, moving on. I have a documentary that I watched while I was on an airplane. And I was like, I got to watch something. I go, oh, perfect. A Hulu original documentary. I can kill two birds with one stone. I can travel and knock something off to watch, right? Mm -hmm. This is Batman and Bill. It's a documentary from 2017. It's one hour and 33 minutes. And it is about Bill Finger the uncredited co-creator of Batman. Now, the credited creator was... Bob Kane. Yeah. The face of Batman, you know, makes all the millions from it. And this whole doc is the fact that it was Bill Finger that did everything that you love and know Batman for. The look of Batman, all the iconic imagery, the villains, the storylines... All done by Bill Finger. Okay, so what did Bob Kane do? He took credit for it. He signed a deal with DC and was like, I'm the owner of this. Okay. They, they wanted to do something. He goes, okay, I got an idea. Batman. They're like, okay, come back in a couple days. So he goes home for the weekend and he goes, I got this thing. And uh, Bill Finger looks at it and goes, oh, you got to change this. You got to change that. That doesn't work. Do this. And next thing you know, he's turned Bob Kane's Batman into the Batman that we know. Okay. And this man died penniless, no credit for it. So this documentary is based on this guy named Mark Tyler Nobleman, who wrote a book called Bill the Boy Wonder, the secret co-creator of Batman. And he goes around the country giving like these TED Talks talking about Bill Finger and how he's really the guy that created the Batman that you know and love. Do you believe all this? It's all backed up with documentation. Okay. So the whole thing is a quest for him to get the credit that he deserves. And he searches out the descendants of him. Finally, after all this drama, he gets a hold of his great-granddaughter. Nope. It's just his granddaughter. By the end of the movie, and I guess we're going to spoiler alert it, Bill Finger finally gets credit moving forward as being the co-creator of Batman. And it started on Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. 
he was uh, credited as co-creator. Yep, it says Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Okay. Now, I don't know if they're going to get royalties moving forward. I think maybe, but that was the whole thing to get Warner Brothers in DC to finally acknowledge this. Okay, well, if that's all true, then good for him. They interview a bunch of people, Todd McFarlane, Kevin Smith, all the comic book nerds, and, you know, it's pretty in-depth. I thought it was a little long in an hour and a half. Part of me thought this could have been done in an hour, but if you like Batman, if you like comic books, this is a definite binge. Okay. That is Batman and Bill, a Hulu original documentary. Okay, great. I feel like I should save this other doc review for next week. Okay, that's great. Let's Um, wrap it up then. Okay, so are you looking forward to anything? Oh, yeah. Well, besides all this stuff we talked about at the top of the show. No. No. Okay, no. <laughs> I am dead set, laser focused on The Mandalorian coming mm-hmm. November 12th. Cool. I will be reviewing that based off of the first two episodes. Also, I want to mention I've started watching Watchmen on HBO. Okay, me too. I'm three episodes into that. We're going to save that for another time. All right. I'm interested in your opinion on that in a major way. Okay. And I'm in the middle of uh, the new uh, Jack Ryan Amazon ah. thing. And also, I love this show called Room 104 on HBO. A friend of ours is going to be on it soon. That's why I bring it up. He's okay. going to be on it on Friday. Our good friend Carl De Gregorio, who's one of the nicest, uh, most genuine, cool people yeah. I've met since I moved here. You meet a lot of real a-holes doing stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carl is the complete opposite of that. A true gentleman. Yeah. Now, Even tight, the first gentleman of comedy, right? Isn't that his tagline? Something like that? It's the last gentleman of comedy. Uh, anyway, he's going to be on Room 104 this coming Friday. So that, I think, is our chance to review that show, even though it's like season four. Um, but I'll watch it then. Yeah, it'll be good. And, you know, there's no extras in that show. One of the rules of the show, well, there's two rules to the show. Number one is it takes place in one room only. Mm-hmm. And the second rule is that there's no more than three actors in any episode. Now, they expanded that this season uh, this last episode on uh, yesterday had five, but never all at the same time. But there's no extras on the show is what I'm getting at. So he must have a pretty good part. Yeah, it's got to be substantial, right? I'm excited for him. and I'm excited to watch that. Excellent. All right, let's wrap it up, Joe. Where can everyone find us? Facebook slash Binge or Purge. Instagram at Binge or Purge Podcast. Binge or Purge Podcast at Gmail. Twitter's at Binge or Purge. Yeah. We're also on YouTube. Just search Binger Purge on YouTube. We'll show right up, hopefully. And we want to know uh, what you think. If you recommend stuff, a lot of times we take listener recommendations. Please subscribe through uh, you know one of the various places you can catch us. Sorry for being sick and having sexy Morgan Freeman voice today, but I think we got through it. We did. I'm mm-hmm. sorry you feel that way about Dolomite, but uh, can't be helped. Sorry, man. I'm just saying if I was sitting in the exit row, I might have made the news. Wow. I watched it on a plane. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. As always, we want to thank Just The Facts. You can follow Just The Facts on Twitter and Instagram at the Jessica Greer. Thanks, Jess. And thank you, Joe. My name is Demo. This has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.